This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Time for Judd's Hockey Show. It's all at Declan's off. We're very, very excited because, Declan, this is the oh. week that the National Hockey League will drop the puck on Wednesday and the Wild will play its opener in Nashville on Thursday. And, of course, they won't be home until a week from Saturday because the National Hockey League schedule makers, they're not so smart, but at least the season's starting. Yeah, they hate the Minnesota Wild and the XL Energy Center. I don't know what it is. Um, I know the XL hosts well, a ton of events. Well, they love the second half of the season, which also is so weird because that's when the state hockey tournament's here. Yeah. Like, they're cramming it in when, when the building is actually has a lot going on. I believe it's 10 of the first 15 games for the Wild this season are on the road. So uh, that's a good portion of a... Uh, of your schedule, and you can get buried pretty quickly. We'll obviously probably cover that in a couple of weeks. But of all the preseason and summer podcasts, hockey is finally here. We have already projected opening night lines. We have already maybe a trade rumor sprewing, a standings predictions, Twitter questions. We have a brawny show for you for the first time in months, probably since Paul Fenton got fired. So, To which, by the way, we did uh, very well. Because, we did. And we'd like to thank everyone who, on that late July day, decided yes. to put down what they were doing and watch and listen to our podcast on, on that. In fact, uh, in fact, the owner of the Wild, Craig Leopold, had the media, had select members, including myself, of yeah. the media in Not his me. suite. No, I'm sorry about that. Yep. Next year, maybe. For the uh, Jets uh, preseason finale for the Wild on Sunday. And, of course, Craig is very optimistic about this team. And he's very optimistic that he has found a GM in Bill Guerin that is obviously superior to what he had in Paul Fenton. And that uh, people love Guerin and they love Madano. And I did essentially say, so what's the expectation here? And he said, yeah, I mean, anything can happen. You never know in hockey. Uh, I like the defensive core. I really do. Uh, you've got some wingers. I don't think you're strong at center. And your goaltender, to me, has question marks. And so the the comparison that Fenton gave before he got fired before the draft in June and that uh, and that Leopold alluded to on Sunday is the Blues. But I'm sorry, the Blues had traded for Ryan O'Reilly, had stole him from Buffalo. Yeah. And he is, a, he is the type of center. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but he's a hell of a player. And then, what, halfway through? Through the year, they called up uh, Bennington. And you struck gold. And you struck gold, right. And you got – now, so if the Wild has a Bennington that, that – because the story with him was the year before, I believe, he had been loaned by the Blues to Boston because Boston had to have an AHL goaltender. So, like, if the Wild has loaned a goaltender out who's going to be Bennington, then I I apologize and take back all the bad things I've said because you might be in the Stanley Cup Finals, but if not, I've got my concerns. Right. And – it's it's really interesting spot for them to be in. They have great depth on forwards. Obviously, the centers are a big question mark. I think the Wild will want to try to win games low scoring with the defense and putting Dubnik in a good position to succeed. But we saw how poorly Dubnik played last year against average shots. And he can make a big-time save, but he'll let in a soft goal that leaves you scratching your head saying, how the heck did this happen? So if the Wild had it their way, I think they'd like to win a lot of low-scoring affairs. But we saw the Islanders last year, who had the best defense in the league, and it, they had to grind tooth and nail just to get through their first round. So it's going to be really that's a really hard formula for success, I think, in the current day of the NHL. All right, let's start with this. 
opening night projected, and I believe this comes from uh, Michael Russo of The Athletic. Correct. Opening night lines as the Wild goes in to play division rival Nashville on Thursday night. Give us the opening night lines. I love to talk about these. Oh, this is our favorite. And we can react then to what uh, Bruce Boudreaux is probably going to put out there against the Preds. So this is the top line. We're going to go, obviously, from start to top to bottom here. And I'm hearing these for the first time as well because well, as we better. record this pod on Tuesday, just released. Go ahead. All right. Per- Zach Parise. Okay. Eric Stahl. Okay. Zuccarello. Okay. There wasn't much chemistry between Parise and Zuccarello in the preseason. Zuccarello had a good, couple good moments. Parise did not score a goal. I don't know really how much you take away from that, but it is something to watch. Uh, as as the season starts. Before I forget, can I make one comment? Of course. On Parisi, and this does not have to do with him being on the first line, and really to start the year, I, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. I'm not upset about it. I'm just fine with it. Uh, so Zach Parisi on Sunday in the preseason game against the Jets, which was, by the way, the first preseason game I got to because the Twins are good. I'm spending a lot of time at the Twins, which is fun. Um, Zach Parisi was on the penalty kill. And Zach Parise, in the course of a preseason game, did something that I don't want him to do during the course of the season on the penalty kill. Um, a Jets defenseman, I think he faked the shot, so he didn't take it. But Parise went down to try to block it. I Zach, no. If I'm Boudreaux and I'm going to put you on the PK, because you're a hardworking player. Sure, yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm not offended by that from Boudreaux, but I would pull him aside and say you're not to block shots. And look, any hockey player is going to sell out and try to do whatever they can to prevent a goal from scoring, but I know what you're saying. that. But that's Dubnik's job. That's Dubnik's job at the end of the day. Best penalty killer is your goaltender. We've heard that forever. And Zach Parise should not be putting his body at more harm than he already does on the penalty kill like that, so I completely understand where And he's been from. hurt before and missed significant time. Yep. I, I want to say it was in St. Louis a few years ago by blocking shots. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to get hurt as it is, so let's make it a legit issue where you couldn't avoid it. Exactly. You're not to block shots. Correct. I'm, I'm and, and that is your goaltender's job. Yep. He's got, so clear he's got out. Yeah. My point is clear out, clear out, let the puck have the lane. Not saying you should screen him, tip it. No. Very, very simple. Clear out if you can get the puck and clear it down the ice good. If you can't, let Devin Dubnik make the save. And if he doesn't make the save, we will address that internally. At the X. Sounds like Boudreaux could use you as an assistant coach, maybe. We'll see about that. All right, second line. Love it. Jason Zucker. Okay. Miko Koivu. Kevin Fiala. So after weeks of training camp of slowly pushing around Koivu, or, or I should say getting Koivu going, he's now found himself in the top six. And you've heard Boudreaux's comments throughout training camp. He's been nothing but impressed with his work ethic. I completely understand why he's already in the top six. We even debated on the last podcast, how long will it take for him to get in the top six? And here we are, most likely on opening night, Miko Koivu in the top six with Zucker and Fiala as his flanks. I'd like to withhold any comment until you get done with the line combinations, please. I'm not happy right now, but keep going. Third line. All right, third line. Yep. I like this, actually. Okay. Ryan Donato, Luke Cunning, Jordan Greenway. Very kid-friendly line. Our young line here. Average age, I think, 22 between these three dudes. Um, Cunning, I would rather have seen getting a top-six role. And maybe it's the case that I think sometimes we do overblow top-six, top-nine, four, all four lines I was going to say top-nine. Yeah, the way the game's you know? played now, I can justify what you just said and say that I think top-six, I think how we used to think of top-six is now it's probably a little different. what we should consider top-nine. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so if, I, if, I don't mind that. If the second, if the Koivu, what's this called? Okay. The Koivu and Cunnan line are pretty much playing the same amount of time, then it really doesn't matter. I think Koivu ends up playing a lot more because he plays a penalty kill and he does some other roles. But if they end up playing the same amount of minutes, I'm okay with it. But I'm curious to see how long that sticks together. And then our fourth line, Marcus Foligno, Joel Eriksson Eck, and Ryan Hartman. Okay. And I, I should also specify that at the end of this tweet from Michael Russo at The Athletic, Russo, uh, Boudreau joked for, that it's for at least 10 minutes with these lines, wants to deepen the lines and get Parise going after a scoreless camp. And we know Bruce will be tinkering most likely by the first intermission. If X shows you anything, like if he starts to emerge, mm-hmm. he's got to kick up to the second line. And I would probably More so than no. Cunning. I'm with you. I actually, the Donato Cunning Greenway idea, I don't hate at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you have to do, though, is if X starts to emerge. And you're like, okay, now there's something here. Yeah. And I know that could be a long shot, okay? So I'm not going to criticize these lines as currently constructed, but I would flip Erickson Eck and Koivu in a heartbeat. Erickson Eck's your future. Yeah. And, and, if he, and by the way, if there's not something there, then he's done. Yeah. Now you've seen enough. Yeah, So sure. what I would tell Koivu is, Miko, I'm hoping to have you on the fourth line fairly quickly here. And that's not going to sound fair, but if I could... I think the third line is a good idea. But if Erickson Eck emerges, and now I could put him with Fiala and Zucker at center, I sort of like that idea. Right. I sort of like that idea, and then Koivu can kill penalties. You know what? What actually, in 2019-20, coming off a knee injury that was fairly substantial at his age, a koivu felino hartman line might be just fine. Just go out there, win face-offs, work hard. You'll probably play a little bit more than most fourth lines, because of faceoffs, possibly. Yeah, I don't know, but my flip flop would be very quickly if Eriksonek is like, oh, okay, this is he's now for real. Get him up to the second line. And look, I, I or, or the first line yeah. if it's Stall. Stall and Koivu have to be prepared to play on the fourth line at some point. I I, I would say Miko more than than Eric Stall just because I think his game is better for the for a fourth line role, traditional I, fourth I line would, role. I agree, but but my point is those top two centers can't block. Sure. They can't block ascending players. And maybe I should rephrase. I think Miko Koivu is more suited for a checking line than Eric Stahl is. No, I, I got your point. Right. Yeah, you, I know. That's, and your point is right. Yeah. But what you can't have is you can't have Stahl and or Koivu blocking. Yeah. So if I have emerging players, yeah. um, one of those guys, and I think you're right on Koivu, and, and you tell Koivu, you know, because he's still captain, um, Miko, you are the captain, and so you're going to take this really well because you're a professional. Sure. Like, there will be no complaint. You'd hope that'd be the case. And, and if you really want to, you know, in, in situations where the game's in the line, you need a defensive zone faceoff, and you want to mix match, exactly put what, yeah. Miko out there and put Ab- Zach out oh, there. Absolutely. That's fine, right? And you're right about your tink. I mean, you're right about Bruce. Bruce is going to tinker. Like, these, these lines are fun to talk about, but they'll last probably, if things aren't going well in Nashville or, or into what's game two Saturday in Colorado. Yeah. So if they're not going well, he'll juggle lines. Uh, but I don't mind this, I guess, unless Eric Sinek really starts to play well. Because if he plays well, he's not a fourth line guy. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather see Eric Sinek get. get and I want to milk this with Eric Sinek as quickly as possible. You need to, to find out. Yeah, you need to figure I don't, out. This, this guy's is legit. this is not a fourth line. I mean, if if he is truly a fourth line guy, then he's gone. Yeah. And, and, and if he's not, then you got to get him up. And he's easily had, I think, probably the most impressive showing in training camp. Him and Jordan Greenway, I thought, played really well. Uh, so it'll be cur- I'm curious to see if it can trans- are, translate. Are there by chance, did, did Michael give us, um, excuse me, did Michael give us uh, defensive pairings? And you told me some news earlier today about um, Patterson, correct? Yeah, uh, nothing, I don't think, out on the defensive pairings yet. 
Um, I would imagine Dumba and Suter start together and Brody and Spurgeon as the second. Yep. I would I would reckon that's the case I like in my the southern word draw. Reckon I like. That. Um, but Greg Patterson underwent sports hernia surgery and he's out six weeks now. He's probably moving to IR now. Is that long term IR? I don't think so because I think the long term IR minimum is eight. If I, yeah, if I'm yeah, no, it would head. just be. I think you're right. I think it would just be IR. So regular IR, and so he's off the immediate roster, and that would. But put, he's still a salary cap. Head. Yeah, and that would put Victor Rask and I believe Mayhew as your extra forwards right now. Or Mayhew get assigned. I think, I, I Mayhew think got he, reassigned. I forget the other the other kid who would be the. But defensively, yeah. so so you're gonna have Susie up here then, correct? Yep, because he made the final roster. Yeah, he'll be he'll be playing on the final. And I think pairing. your defense. I think your defense is fine. It's totally fine. Him I have and, no problem with your defense. Him and Brad Hunt on the last pairing. That's totally okay. And if and if Susie ends up getting sent down, you know that that's kind of luck of the draw. We'll, we'll see if he can keep his role because I do kind of like his physicality and his size because the Wild do lack that uh, as a team as a whole. All right, topic two, sir. And this actually came out, uh, I believe it was last week at some point. It was at the end of August. According to a report from TSN's Darren Drager, who, if you don't know that name, I would say is basically the Adam Schefter of hockey in Canada. Yeah, he's, he's pretty plugged in. Very plugged in. The Wilds seem interested in trading for a top six center, and it looks like that trade could be talks between uh, GM Bill Guerin and the Pittsburgh Penguins, where he was the assistant GM previously, uh, that those two teams could be discussing a trade. This actually makes perfect sense because the Wild, if you look at the depth chart that we just went through center-wise, certainly is not dynamic there. You do have forwards who could be traded. Now, if you're going to get a guy that you could, let's say, slot in second-line center on a full-time basis, you are talking about probably trading a winger who is pretty good. Um. You would think that that might be Zucker, whose who's no trade clauses have kicked in, but I think it's limited. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Fiala could be moved without a problem here. Z- uh, Zuccarelli, who you just signed, can't be moved. Parisi can't be moved. Um, Greenway obviously can be. Donato could be. But the point being is you're not going to get a top six center for nothing. But it would not surprise me if Bill Guerin did exactly what we've been doing for a while now, which is thinking to himself, boy, a depth chart of Stahl, Koivu, Cunnan, who is uh, who is a center but slash wing, and they obviously tried a Donato in the pivot during training camp, and Eric Sinek could be improved upon by quite a bit. And, and let's clear up that the top two centers in the Penguins are Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Those aren't the trades that are happening. I, I think that is a clear cut. That's not happening. But uh, Alex Galchenyuk... I believe I, I was thinking. Galchenyuk. 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 I love that name. He is a center. Former he's, Montreal he's, Canadian and spent mm-hmm. last year as a Vegas Golden Knight, correct? He is playing on the wing with, with uh, Malkin, according to reports, out of Pittsburgh to start the year. But this was a guy who was a good center. He was in Arizona after Montreal. Oh, it was Arizona. I'm sorry. And, you know, this guy's still 25 years old. And I would rather take a chance that this guy could be a legitimate top six center instead of just rolling the dice with all of our wings and trying to figure out who's playing in the top six. Is it Miko? Is it Eck? Is it, there's, there's question marks, is my point. And I think Galchenyuk would be the perfect kind of guy that you can hold on to and see if this guy is for real and can be your, your center of the future. Last year playing for uh, the Coyotes, Galchenyuk had 19 goals, 22 assists in 72 games, so he had 41 points. He was a minus 19, but he also did score um, nine power play goals. And That's so. Huge. That would make some sense. And then the question becomes, what gets traded for him? As I said, I don't know exactly who's on Zucker's list of no-trade teams, but that would make some sense. Uh, Fiala wouldn't absolutely shock me. 
I don't know what the wild because you know keep in mind these are all Paul Fenton guys mm-hmm. in the case of Donato and and, and Fiala, but um, that would not shock me. But if you could put Galchenyuk at center now, and let's say it went Stall Galchenyuk or vice versa, uh, Koivu bumps down to third. Cunning can move back to a wing, which would not be terrible. And Eriksson Ek, then you could play with a little bit more as well. Mm-hmm. That would give you an opportunity, I think, when it comes to that position, which is a tough position to fill, to feel a bit more comfortable about your depth there, don't you? Yeah, I do. And he's and also the quality of that depth. Yeah, he's on the final year of his contract, so he's a UFA in July first. But I, I do think a if they're able to part ways with a contract that is hurting their long term value, you basically swap that out with Galchenyuk, who's a younger center. And is in a position of need. So he's making 4.9 this year. Let's say he has, I think, you know, he's about a 50-point guy. Best case scenario, I would, I would say he's due for about maybe a 5.5. I, I think under 6. You would get nothing over 6. I would kind of hope he would not sign for anything under 6. Unless he's just world-beating uh, for this contract. Probably be under, yeah. But I think 6 would be the ceiling of, okay. of a deal. But you also, I think, have to look, even though the defense is your, is your strength, you might have to give up a Brodeen. You might have to give up someone. Because right now there's also a plethora of defensemen in Louis Belpedio and Sosi that are ready for that next chance. Now that's the problem is is you're, now you're taking a big brick out of your out of your foundation there because we do know the defense is the strength, but I would think that a forward probably would be the first case scenario. But if if the Wild aren't willing to get a deal done because they weren't willing to part with the defenseman, I think I would be disappointed by that too. And it's not going to be Suter, it can't be. It's not going to be Spurgeon, it can't be. So yeah, you're probably right. It's Brodeen, Brodeen, or you know, if if yeah, it'd probably be Brodeen. And this also comes back to a, a very important question here, which is w- what is the internal pressure on this team and Garen in his first year now to win immediately? And has he told Craig, "Hey, look, there's work to be done here. I don't know about this. It's not worth it or not." But you know, it's interesting. I think from a standpoint of ticket sales, I mean. The Wild is doing advertising that they haven't had to do in years right now. In years. Um, If you look at ticket sales, excitement, the fact that the Twins are now good, and so they're obviously siphoning off tickets to the Twins that were probably once diehard Wild fans. and, And that's not an inexpensive place to go, that there might be that pressure from Leopold and the people up top to be like, no, we have to be competitive here. Now, how does that look? I don't know. But it could cause you to make a trade that we might say, ah, yeah, I don't know if, <laughs> if that, that's a great guy to give up. But it would make sense now with Garen having had a full training camp, and let's say it's let's say the trade's made two weeks into the season, that would at least give him enough time to be comfortable to potentially make that type of trade. Exactly. So I, I would say if you're a Wild fan, you're looking at who would it be, I think it would be Galchenyuk. I, I think that would be the exact guy that they would want. I can't believe you don't think it'd be Sidney Crosby. I know, right? Or even Malk. I'll take either one of them, for God's sake. I'm sure their no-trade clauses are very, very oh, ironclad. Man. Yeah, I would just Gensel, Malkin, Crosby, and even Hornquist. I don't I don't think those guys are, are coming up. And I don't, I don't really want to deal with Patrick Horn. Just the age. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't fit. It doesn't really fit. It does not. It, it does it not. Does Gail not. Cheniak's the guy you'd want to target. Predictions uh, to come. And, and also, we're going to have a regular feature that we will get to at the end of the show today with your Twitter questions. Uh, but before we do that, it's time to be positive. All right. It's time to look at the future, Dekogoff. Yes. It's time to anxiously await the arrival of, am I saying it right, Kaprizov? Kirill Kaprizov. Okay. And I said he, it right. 
How how this is this guy so good? How is the future? Because this, if he's on the ice next season, these podcasts and conversations are oh. totally different. How is he doing in the KHL? This guy's tearing it up again. Last year, after a thirty goal performance in fifty seven games, mind you, because the KHL seems a little shorter over there. So far, through eleven games this season in the KHL, six goals, seven assists, thirteen points. Man, I mean, he's good. this guy can shoot the puck and he can skate. Um, he is the closest thing the Wild have had to a superstar since Marion Gabrick. And the, the the most interesting nugget too about this whole thing, this is from Luke Fox of Sportsnet. Uh, the Minis- he, he as it reported that the Minnesota Wild could use some offensive help, though he's not eligible to be signed right until later this year. Guerin has explored the idea of bringing prospect Kaprizov over to the states. Kaprizov NHL con- or excuse me, Kaprizov's KHL contract expires in April and is reportedly open to the idea of coming over overseas. Should Bill Guerin go live there? Maybe someone has like, to go over there, like kiss the wife and kids goodbye, <laughs> and be like, I'm going to be in Russia. Until I come back with this kid. And the thing is, too, this opens up so many avenues for other Russian players to possibly sign here, too. And I think they almost would have to do that to kind of ease that transition for him. And this is why this is why I honestly would love to see this team get as high a draft pick as possible. Yeah. Because and I don't think Kaprasov's going to say, oh, no, look at your team is terrible. He's he's because if you go and explain it to him, it makes perfect sense. The kids on the top line to start next season. Oh, yeah. Like he's been playing in the KHL, so he ain't a college kid. Uh, he, he's on your top line to start next season. He's going to give you a dynamic type of player that, to your point, you've lacked since Gabrick. Everything could be different. If you could add another piece from the draft. Oh, yeah. Like a, with a top five lottery pick or something like that. Think about the opportunity to go from, all right, you're not very good, to, oh, my God, this is a team to watch now. And by the way, that's how you sell tickets. Yeah, 100%. He is your, he's, he's their golden ticket uh, to get season tickets, for the lack of a it's better word. It's the state of Kaprasov. The state of Kaprasov. That, I think that's it's a great get, get rid of the, Get rid of the slogan. Get rid of the state of, of hockey. Let's all turn our attention towards the one dynamic player who's going to save you. You know what? A year from now, we're not going to be talking about Victor Rask. We're not going to be talking about <laughs> Zach Parisi blocking shots or not blocking shots. We're not going to care about that because this kid's going to be or – he needs to be. That's what I'm saying. I think if I'm Gary and I think I kiss the wife and kids goodbye and I say, I'm not even going to watch. You know what? I, I'll get the subscription. I'll watch the wild on my computer. But what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be in Russia at every time this kid turns around telling him how important and my contract's going to be in my hand and we're going to get him. And let's face it, too. I mean, Matthew Boyd, who their most recent draft pick, who could turn out to be a real superstar. You're not going to know if he's even NHL ready for another three, five years. And I know people think with Kaprizov, he hasn't even played in the NHL. This guy's not ready. If this guy comes over, he's coming over here and he's ready to play. He is the closest thing. You've seen him in the World Juniors. Yes, he's unbelievable. He's a dynamic player. He was amazing. So this is, I can tell you right now, the closest thing the Wild have to a superstar coming to the Wild and bringing immediate help. He's, he's on a faster track than Boyd. He's on a faster track than any first-round pick they'll have next this coming draft. He is the closest thing they'll have to a superstar, and we will do Kaprizov updates every week. But wouldn't it be great to combine him with a top three pick from this come this yes to the June of twenty twenty oh, draft? It'd be great. Think about that. It's like all right, Declan Goff. This will be fun. It is now time for what's going to take up a good chunk of this show, and I can't wait for this predictions. Wild and Central Division. So we're, we're going to pick the one to seven. We're yeah. going to pick the division. And then we're also going to pick the wild leader in goals, assists, points, penalty minutes, team MVP, most approved, rookie of the year, all of that good stuff. Um, 
why don't you go first with let, let's start with division picks okay yeah you go first with what is your central division finish okay from top to bottom too uh yeah okay. top to bottom yep i have the stars being in this division Okay. And I think everything does have to go right for them to win this division. Ben Bishop is always a question mark. I think they've improved enough on defense to be a legitimate threat consistently. Everyone knows they have the top-end talent that is good as anyone's in the league. If you had Jamie Ben and Sagan leading the charge, you have the offense ability to be a game-breaker. You have two guys on there that are unbelievable players. I think the Stars win this division. Not handedly, because I don't think anyone in this division is a clear-cut favorite. I will also say that, too. I agree with that. But... I think Dallas does end up winning this Central Division. In second place, I have the Colorado Avalanche. They really impressed me in the postseason last year. I think they took a big step forward. Um, again, another team that I, th- I think could see them winning the division, and I could also maybe see them finish fourth. Like, I-, I think there's too much talent on the top end again for them to be bad. And last year I thought was so was great for Colorado. Minnesota sports fans have a disdain for the Avalanche and vice versa. Uh, but I actually really like watching this team play. They're fun to watch. Oh, starting with Nathan McKinnon, who's it's just a marvelous player. And for his size, how that guy is so fast, because he's a big kid. He looks like a big kid. Yeah. I love watching And him. if I'm him, too, I'm I'm not upset, but I am maybe a little bit turbed that Miko Rat- Miko Rat- Rattanen and his, his teammate just got even a humongous more deal bigger than his. So they have Rattanen and Landeskog and, and, and obviously McKinnon. They're going to be just fine. I think they finished second. All right. Third place, I have the St. Louis Blues. Um, I think regression They're is, a tough one. with regular season success is inevitable with St. Louis. Yes. Um, I just don't see them. Every, everything worked for them from the second half on. Nothing was working for them, obviously, in the first three months of the season through the new year. Well, they found a goaltender. They too. found a goaltender. They have Jake depth. Allen was a Jake Allen. God help the poor I know, kid. Poor He's guy. A, but I, the the ability to find a goaltender there was such a huge bonus for them. That's what I'm saying. If the Wild have some guy in. Uh, in uh, Nova Scotia or something that we don't know about, then I change my prediction for them. I would say they're the most balanced team in the division. They have the talent, they have the goaltending, they have the defense. They're the most balanced. I just think they finished third. Maybe they go up more. After that, I have Winnipeg, and Winnipeg's on their last hoorah here. They're they're on the descent. I've struggled with them. They as well. they I, they've already. I think they have peaked, but they're still again. This is where I just I, I wish the Wild had this problem. There's too much top end talent for them. I think to be horrible. Truba's gone to the Rangers. Yep. Bu- yep. Bufflin has basically retired for now. Yeah. I've never been a big Paul Maurice guy. Uh, I'm with you. I struggle it's with tough. them. It's tough. Yeah, I think they might be the last team out of the playoffs, but I have them fourth. Okay. Fifth, I have Chicago. I think um, even if even if Rob even if Robert Leonard oh, Declan, is know. is the close. There's your Tony. Oh, well, I don't know. Declan. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think even if Rob Leonard is. Three-fourths of the goal he was last year, he won a Jennings Trophy. This team's automatically better. Corey Crawford was terrible last year, or, or was dealing He's with concussion so issues. Much, he was yeah. hurt. They had, so in, they had just ineffectiveness in goal. So if Rob Leonard is just average, I think Chicago is automatically just better. And Kane is a brilliant player still, yep. and I think Taze rebounded last year because people thought, oh, man, he's lost his fastball and came back pretty strong. So you might be right. And I think this is a team that they don't care about regular season success when you get them the postseason different team, too. Absolutely. I just, that's just how I feel about them. After Chicago, I have the Minnesota Wild. I have the Wild finishing second to last in this division. Obviously, you can figure out who is last there, but I think the Wild are just so stuck in the middle that I cannot, as much as I would like them to bottom out and have a top five pick, it's unless catastrophic injuries happen, right? I don't see it happening. I think this is an eighty-five point team and their ninety-point point team. And their point is, 
because they lost Dumba a year ago and then Parisi got hurt. Their point is if we don't lose those guys, we're actually a playoff team. Right. But I think you're right. I think saying that they're stuck in, in that sort of middle area is very, very it's fair. It's tough. And I have Nashville last. I, I think wow. I, I think the Preds are done. Whoa! I, th- I think the Preds are on the are on, they're not just on the downhill slide. They are at the bottom of the slide. I think they finished last place in this division. Okay, All that right. is my that was my central division standings. They'll be laughed at here in nine months. We'll go back and visit. We're them. very close on everything but Nashville. Okay, we're very close. Oh, and um, and so be, beyond your top three, do you have four and five being wild cards? I have. The, do you have the Jets making yeah, it? Yeah, the Jets making it, and Chicago is either the last team in or the last team out. Okay, so All I have right, the fair Jets enough. in. I uh, flip flop your one two. All right. I'm going Colorado, 98 points or so. Colorado is for all the, the reasons that you gave. I think McKinnon's great. Landon Scog, I know people hate him here, but you oh, but you'd love him on your team. He's, he's the AJ Pruszynski of the NHL. Um, that team to me is so fast, and what they showed in the playoffs, and I think their their youthfulness, and I think their legs translate to regular season success. In other words, I wouldn't be shocked if they went out quicker in the playoffs, but I think regular season wise, they're going to pop. Yeah. So I picked them first. I picked Dallas second. I like what Dallas is doing. Nice, uh, some nice off-season additions. I think that, that they're very close to making a playoff run again. So I picked Dallas second. Now, here's where we disagreed the, the most. I picked Nashville third. Oh, here we go. I don't think they're done yet. Okay. I might be wrong here, but I don't think they're done yet. I think they might be close, but they're a pretty well-run team, and they've done some smart things. And I'm not, uh, after getting over the shock of the P.K. Subban to New Jersey deal, I began to think to myself, that might not be an awful deal. And Subban, I saw, the last time I saw him play here as a member of the Preds, he had one of the worst games, if not the worst game I've ever seen him have. So I think there might be a decline there that uh, David Poyle, their GM, who's a very smart hockey guy, saw. So I don't have the Preds done yet. Of course, if they're to finish third, like I said, that probably means that a certain guy named Mikhail Granlund has had a very nice year. Would you be shocked by that? No. I'd be a little bit surprised, but it could happen. Uh, Fourth place. The regression is correct. St. Louis Blues. I think they're a wild card team, but any team that makes a Stanley Cup run, you, you're, your off season's two minutes, right? You basically don't have time off. So I think I think Bennington probably comes back to earth a bit. I don't think he stands on his head again completely. I think if the Blues were completely sold that he was the answer long term, that they wouldn't have signed him to that. I think they just signed a short term contract again. So. Um, I think St. Louis makes the playoffs, but I also believe that St. Louis looks like a tired team. Uh, my fifth-place team, the Jets. As I said before, I'm not a big Paul Maurice guy. Troub is now with the Rangers. They lost the other defenseman, the big kid, Myers, I believe it was, to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, they lost their defense. They've lost a lot of, of their defense. Bufflin has retired, and I guess Bufflin basically didn't stay in shape, so if yeah. he does show up, it's going to be a project to get him back in shape. Hellebeck's a question, too. And how, yeah, I think so, he has to play lights out for them to probably make the play. I'm with you on the Jets. Okay, the Jets are my fifth-place team. I'm with you on what you said about the Blackhawks. I could very easily see them being sort of like an eight seed. I could also see them being ninth and out. And my last two teams, the Blackhawks and Wild. Okay. Because you can't – the problem with the Wild is I can't assume the key guys aren't going to get hurt there because history sort of says that they do. Um, I also think that the Dubnik that we saw last year is Dubnik, which is if things go wrong, he gets leaky, and that's a problem. 
I don't know that I'm confident that he's he's going to turn things around. And the fact that they didn't go and sort of join the modern thinking in this league, which is backup goaltender who can really play a lot. Yeah. They didn't do that. You know, and if Stalock plays a lot now, Dubnik's going to get mad, and you still have all those interactions uh, that cause problems. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Colorado, Dallas, Nashville third, St. Louis fourth, Winnipeg Jets, either the first, the last in or first out in fifth, the Chicago Blackhawks missed the playoffs in sixth, and the Minnesota Wild in seventh. How many points for your Wild, lastly? What did I put them at? Hold on a second here. I got it written down here. I've got them at about 85. And look, 85 points in another division points. is probably like fourth or fifth. Oh, yeah. This, this division a juggernaut, man. This division is tough because top to bottom it's really it's tough. It's really good. And I don't know that your Stanley Cup champion resides in this division, but this is the type of thing where these teams are going to kick the crap out of each other consistently. And so I do believe that it's going it's going to be difficult. But, yeah, I put the Wild at about 85 or 86 points. I put them last again. I hope that that does not cost Boudreaux his job. I don't think it should. I don't think it's fair. Um, could it happen? Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, that's going to be up to Garen. In fact, uh, Russo asked Leopold about that in the suite on Sunday about the decision on or talked about Bruce's contract and said that Bruce has not been approached by Leopold or by Garen about a contract extension. And then I said, is that Bill Guerin's call completely? Because there were the reports last year that Fenton tried to fire Bruce, and Leopold said, you can't fire him. Right. And this time, Bruce said that's absolutely his call. So I don't know if there's a guy that, that Guerin and his buddy Mike Madonna are going to like and going to want to bring in to instill a system, uh, install a system that, you know, Kaprasov loves if they're going to try and want to get a young coach. But those are my division predictions. All right, let's go to some wild predictions. Yeah, we'll go through these quick here, I think. Do you want to go back and forth here? Yeah, sure. Oh, Let's okay. do that. All right, we'll do with who leads in points. Uh, I, go ahead. You go ahead. Mine, Mats Zuccarello at 64. Oh, okay. Yeah. 64 points. And of those, of those, he will also lead in goals at 34. Okay. Wow, okay. So, so I, I put him on a really good season. Yeah. 34 goals because he's going to stay. 30, I think he stays on that top line. You have 34 goals. 34 goals. Wow. Which he's capable of doing. Yeah. He's capable. It's going to be tough, oh. but he's capable and 30 assists. Okay, so I have Zuccarello leading in the team in points. I have about I had, I had 62 written down. I think that's probably a good over-under. Um, goals, I still have Zach Parisi. I just think he's going to get those garbage time goals. We saw him when he, he played, I think, 80 games last year for the first time in you know five years. Yep. And you saw him come back. And I, I, as long as Zach stays healthy, I still think 30 goals should be pretty regular for Zach. Um, so, and then assists, I have Zuccarello leading. So points, Zuccarello, assists, Zuccarello, goals, Zach Parisi. I have Eric Stahl. Interesting. Leading in assists. In assists. I've got him at 40. Huh. I've got him at 40. He's got If, if he's going to consistently play with a guy that, that I'm going to put on 34 goals in Zuccarello and Parisi. Okay, yeah. I And Eric Stahl has to realize the 42-goal season, aberration at this point. Fans, too. Yeah. So he's going to need to distribute. He's yes. going to need to be a good pivot and distribute. And so I put him on a team-high 40 assists, assuming that he's going to get a chance consistently to be on that top line, which won't surprise me if yeah. he does. If he's going to grip the stick, pass the stick, if, if for lack of a better word. Exactly right. All Nothing right. wrong with that. Team MVP, I have Matt Dumba. Ah, we are in agreement. We're, we're, we're in lockstep here. We're in I agreement. If he, if he stays healthy, he's, he moves the needle. Oh, he yes. is a 2019-20, and I know he makes dumb mistakes at times, but he is a dream of what you envision for that position now. Yep. Um, he's going to screw up, but he's also going to score some goals. He's got the dynamic slap shot. He can be a dynamic player. 
I'm with you. And I don't think, if he's playing with Suter a lot, I don't think those defensive miscues are that magnified. I, I, I think he. I think that's the reason you put him with Suter is because you, he's kind of a little bit of a safety blanket for And Suter also c- comes back healthy, I think, now. Yeah. He was a mess. Yeah. Starting the, the fact that he came back on opening night last year, in retrospect, Declan, was probably crazy because he had broken, what, his ankle and his foot. He really did, or his leg against Dallas the previous year at the end of that year, and there were some real questions about when he would return, and he came back for that first game. Uh, but I think he's going to be healthier now, and so Suter's not going to probably look as slow as he did at times last year. And so, yeah, if he's with Dumba, it's going to allow Dumba to sort of be a hybrid defenseman and roam a little bit. I'm with you, team MVP Matt Dumba. And most improved, who do you have for most improved? You know what's funny? I started with Suter because I thought to myself, he, right. was, he was so limited for such a long time last year, but I changed it. Erickson Eck. Okay. Because I think Erickson Eck's got, he's got something there. And, and we haven't seen it a lot, and we need to see it more. And I do believe that if we start to see it, he needs to graduate from the fourth line very quickly. But my understanding is he had a very solid training camp. He's more confident. Erickson Eck's my guy. How about you? I originally had Erickson Eck, but then I, I kind of thought, you know what? Let, let's go Jordan Greenway. Um, I like because it. I think he also had a really strong camp, and I think he will finally be what Charlie Coyle was not consistently able to be. Because I think both Jordan Greenway and Charlie Coyle are going to have very mirror images of their careers. And they're both very similar in size. And they have, when they want to and they flip the switch, they can dominate against the boards and the puck in front of the net. I think Jordan Greenway will be everything that Charlie Coyle could not be. So I think Jordan Greenway is going to be the most improved player. Will the points be substantial? Will be a 50-point guy? I don't think so. I would like to see that. But I think you'll see a different player than what Charlie Coyle was, and I think Jordan Greenway is the most improved. Can he clean up in front and score goals? That's And that's where he'd be able to make a 50-point season happen. That's I, what I'd like to see. I think this guy can skate. I think he can play both ways. And if he can start putting his body in front of the net and being that guy, then I'm, I'm very impressed. Who leads the team in time spent in the penalty box? Oh, man. This is really this is a little difficult. I think... Um, it was for me for a second, but then I, but then it came I like, crystal clear. I, I think it's like Foligno, right? I agree with right? Foligno. I think, I think Foligno's Foligno. actually going to pick some fights. Yeah. I think he's going to pick some fights because Boudreaux, and we can talk all we want about fighting, should be out, out of hockey because of concussions, and that's probably not wrong, but Boudreaux loves it. And Foligno knows. And Foligno, to me, emerged last year mm-hmm. as the captain of that team. And I don't know what goes on inside the room, but just as far as being the spokesman and being the guy to stick up for people, Felino Felino went from being an underwhelming disappointment, o- along with um, along with the kid that they got from Buffalo, Ennis in and Tyler Ennis. Oh my god, eighteen yeah. nineteen. I thought both those guys were underwhelming and disappointing. To last year, I was really really impressed, and I think I think he's going to score some goals, but I also think he's going to spend plenty of time in the penalty box. And there's a difference between fighting just to drop the gloves, or when your teammates getting run and you have to stand up. That's got to be smart. That's got to be smart, and that's what Felino did. He did that in the preseason with Dumb, and I love that. Absolutely. Uh, rookie of the year. Kind of a funny question here. Who would be your rookie of the year, Judd? This is the problem. Yeah. And this is part of the Rhetorical reason why. Question. And this is part of the reason why the continued regression of the wild with Kaprasov on deck wouldn't bother me. Yep. Because there's not one. No. There's not one, and that guy's not on the team, and that's but that's okay. But again, this is why I don't. I, <laughs> This is why if you look at the long, the, the short long term, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. What's around the corner in 2020, 21, punting on this year doesn't bother me at all. Because 
when I can't tell you who the best young player is going to be because they're all either um, in their second year or in their 90th year, in, in the case of Koivu, I think it's fine to say you just might not be that good this year. Right. But to get your draft pick. Yeah. I, it's it's funny that they don't really have uh, a rookie for that matter. I, I know Mayhew was uh, at an impressive year in Iowa. And it, w- it would be great to see him eventually get a top six role, but I'd rather see him play in Iowa and get top three minutes like he did last season. Uh, should we close with our Twitter questions? Maybe our Twitter chirps. Maybe that could be the name Ooh, here. I, I like a Twitter chirps. Twitter chirps. Puck chirps. This one uh, comes from Brian Hoganson at Real B Hoganson. Man, does he, him and Cunningham, have anything related there? Um, he asks, is there any reason to devote free time to the Wild this season? This is a great question. This is not just a hockey uh, or a Minnesota Wild question. This is a should I even watch the Wild question. I'll let you try to answer this. Well, I think if, if you like the sport as much as we do, yes, there absolutely is. And, I mean, there there is because aren't you curious to see how Eric Sinek does, mm-hmm. how Dumba does? Cunning and I mean, Greenway, yes, yeah. there is. Would I sit down for games expecting a lot? Absolutely not. But I would look for incremental improvement from certain players. And does Eric Sinek, if he plays well, get promoted to the second line? And does Dumba become a dynamic player, which he certainly w- was, I thought, on track to doing last year. He did some great things. Is Dubnik in his last year here as goaltender? Because if it continues, you know, if Devin continues to sort of be himself, you're going to eventually want to make a change there. So I think if you like the sport, Absolutely, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, I think there's plenty. There's intrigue. There's a plenty to watch, and I think there's a lot of room to grow. Because if things work out, then it's going to be great. You're, Greenway. Yeah, that's a perfect one. I expect. He, I really think he's going to be good. Now, there's certain people that don't. Yeah, who know more about sport than I do. That's right. But that's I think there are. I, I would not dismiss them completely. What I would do is I would. This year should be very simple because. If they're successful, it's going to be a very pleasant surprise. And if they're not, it's not going to be one of those, oh, my God, I expected something. Yeah. The only, you know, Leopold expects something. I don't. No. This is another kind of un- unrelated question. Uh, Jonathan from Jonathan Massler at jmassler81. What is the wild equivalent of the Bomba bus here at Score North? Also, will it have breaks? Um, I'm trying to think of what, you know, like a sled. I'm trying to think of like a, what would be Zamboni? a good. Is there a Zamboni? Yeah, yeah like a Zamboni. Um, bus? The Zam the the wild Zamboni, but it's going to go as slow yeah. as a Zamboni. There it, it is. The Zamboni tops out at what? Ten. My, yeah, that's all we're driving. <laughs> so we're driving a Zamboni with brakes, with plenty of brakes, and no extra power. No extra power. So the wild Boney, which sounds a and little, we are resurfacing this team. Yes, it sounds a literally. Li- it sounds a little bit of an innuendo, but I like it. Uh, Andy Pletcher at Fickle Jar, which is a great Twitter handle, by the way. Um, if the rumors are indeed true that GM Bill Guerin is seeking out a top six center, who is the guy on the current roster you could see traded? For example, a guy like Greenway plus a third or something along those lines. We kind of briefly addressed this earlier, yeah. but I, I think it would be, um, yeah, it would, it would you probably Brodeen, would, right? I would, I would tinker with Brodine, but then like that doesn't really help. Where does he fit in? Where does Galchenyuk or whoever it is fit in? Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. I'm not going to get this right. Um, well, he could fit in. I mean. If you got him very, very soon, he probably would be your one or two center, possibly. But, yeah, I think it's Zucker. If if Pittsburgh's not on his no-trade list, I think it might be Jason. I think you might be right on Brodeen. My guess is you don't want to touch Donato or Greenway. And, the, and my question on Fiala with Kevin is, do they like him still? Mm-hmm. Do they do they have – I I you know – 
I'm led to believe he could score 25 goals, which obviously would be very attractive. But he's not Bill Guerin's guy. Right. And so if Bill Guerin considers to offload guys, you know, that could be something there. But your your defensive option is probably the realistic ask. I think so. Sam Irvin wants to know, what will Mikel have to do to earn a top six spot? Well, obviously he's probably earned the preseason spot, but I guess maybe a better fra- way to rephrase his question is, how does Miko keep a top six spot? That's a dicey question. It I is. Can't, I can't answer it because I don't know what the dynamic is. In some ways, I'm surprised that he's going to open the season top six. Um, I, I think th- I think what he has to do is I think he has to I think he has to hope Eric Sinek does not emerge because if, right. if because if Eric Sinek emerges as a legitimate really good player, I don't care what Koivu does. He's being demoted. Yeah. I need this is all about this is all about looking ahead. Yeah. So I think it's more importantly because I think you know you know what you're going to get from Miko. I think the question is if you get from Eric Sinek what you want to, what you desire to get from him, then it becomes very simple to say, Miko, I'm sorry, but this guy has to kick up. And I think the same. And it's probably not stall, right? Yeah. And I think the same thing goes for Luke Cunning too. Just in the same boat, it, it would take it would take a younger player not taking the step forward that he's needed. But also at the same time, you need to give one of those kids an opportunity. So, but Cunnan can kick out if you make the yeah. trade that we're talking about. Yep. Let's say Galchenia comes here, Brodin goes there, something like sure, that. Sure. Then, then you would kick Cunnan out to the wing again immediately, and so, so now Eric Sinek is the center that I see as being okay. If you emerge, you're a center. You're moving up. Right. So that that would probably be the way that I think he stays there as well. And last one from my beloved brother Liam. Who uh, did Liam. a number? Who did a number on our livers this weekend? Um, also, am I the only one who thinks that this team can be decent? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for taking my call. If everything goes right, they they could be, but I don't think it's all going to go right. And yeah. and the lack. Listen, I'll put it this simple: for as many games as he plays, if Dubnik can stand on his head for eighty-two games, the dynamic has changed completely. Or yeah, but I don't think he can. And the problem is, there's no one behind him. When he gets leaky, they don't trust Daylock enough to take over for an extended period of time. I don't blame them. There's two there's two goaltenders in the AHL making more money than than Daylock. Yeah, I know Matt Robson is, and and so if and if one of your defensemen gets hurt, and, and I know every team can have guys get hurt, but you know if Dumba goes down again, or Suter goes down, or something happens, now that makes it harder on Dubnik, and he starts to get leaky, and you can't replace. So so yeah, any team can surprise. But what I would say about this wild team is don't expect much. And if they are, if they exceed ex- if they exceed that bar, good for them. It'll be fun to watch. And also, Devin, can you please stay in the GD crease? Anytime he gets out of the he dam, did it on I don't, Sunday he, again. he thinks he's Staylock. Is Staylock showing some things in the summer? I don't I, understand it. No, but he's too big. He's he's too big to handle the puck. He did awful, it on Sunday man. again. He was behind the net trying to shuffle the puck along. It just leads to too many problems. Yeah, you, please, please get out. I believe we're done. We're, That's we it done. for the questions? Yeah. All right. Judd's Hockey Show uh, done for this week. It will uh, obviously will be back early next week to discuss the beginning of the wild season, which will include by that point a couple, a couple of, of games. A couple of games. I'm sure there will be line combination changes. Oh, yeah. We'll uh, continue to take your Twitter questions. Eventually we'll come up with a name for that segment. And little last tease, we will have some news on that podcast by the next time we record, Ooh, too. Very exciting. All right. We are done. Thanks, Dex. Talk to you next week.